welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, that great theme music by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today, we mark a milestone here on Radio Drama Revival. We have hit 200 episodes. Um, that's a lot of audio. If every episode was half an hour, that would be 100 hours, but we've had a plenty of hour-long features, so um, I think my estimate that we have 150 hours of programming up on the archives at radiodramarevival.com is definitely accurate, and um, that's just really cool. Um, Not really doing anything too special to celebrate it, other than to do what we always do here on the show and what we love to do, which is to feature new original audio drama. Um, We're doing it, in this case, this week with our next installment of a new original radio serial by the Post-Meridian Radio Players. Um, You heard uh, the pilot episode last week of a new series called The Mask of Anana. Uh, The Mask of Anana is, uh, again, it's by the Post-Meridian Radio Players. It's um, they are a group who are known for their wonderful live performances uh, down in the Boston area, and um, but they want to show that they are good in the studio as well with their own pre-recorded production, and that's what uh, The Mask of Anana is all about. Um, it's a great effort that sort of showcases, um, you know, it's sort of a love tribute in some ways to the uh, suspense and um, as well as being a contemporary fiction story, and I love how it blends the future and past all at the same time uh, as it does again in episode two here. Um, we're going to get right into that because we also had the special opportunity to talk to creators, uh, Alicia Gorenson. I hope that's right, Alicia. Thanks. Uh, as well as Neil Marsh. Uh, Neil Marsh is sort of the guy I've known uh, a couple times, seen him, his live performances. And um, Alicia's a great writer. Um, he's done some, uh, written some of the productions that um, Neil Marsh and post players have done. So uh, we'll talk to them in the second half of the show. But first, um, as we like to do, we want to feature some great audio. So uh, get you all warmed up with um, a wonderful hour-long segment, the second episode of The Mask of Banana, and an interview after that. Don't touch that podcast dial. Catch you in a bit. Just a little further. It's over here. Why is it so fabulously dark? So people don't freak out if they see it. Here. Ew! What's this? It shed these little casings off its skin. This one just came off of it. Okay. Take it with you. This is like one of your family's weird hippie things, isn't it? Would you shut up about that? Come on! It's like anywhere we go. It's like, oh, it's a sin to eat fast food, or I can't wear clothes I didn't make. We can't even go to the cinema. Chris, hon, I love you. But shut up. Cuz! You're like, ugh! Well, you're so serious all the time. Not at cons. Not at cons. I'm not asking you to accept my family. Cuz, no, I don't. Just look at this, and you'll see why my life's so weird, okay? Okay, she's son of us. Now, this thing's old. It's been around since the 40s. Uh-huh. And you better not scream like a little girl when you see it. Did you? No. I'm used to this kind of stuff. Why do you think my cosplay's so awesome? Because you're awesome? (laughs) Yeah. But I can focus better than anyone when I'm costuming. Anyone? Anyone. And that's because of magic? Yeah. And so's this. I'm going to point my flashlight on. Ready? Pointificate away. Have a look. Friends. 
the mask of Inanna. Mollified. That's nice. The bag's pretty full of grass, though. Where do you want the trimmings? I don't care. I'm on the phone. Uh, there's trash bags in the tool shed. The trash pickup's like a half mile down the road. So? I'm not carrying all that. Well, leave it. Uh, I'll handle it. I'm gonna do an Alice's restaurant. What? Dump it over the cliff. Huh? It's just plant matter. Fine, fine. G get out. Sorry about that, David. Not a problem. Scotty's always been a handful. I'm, I'm glad you're helping her out. Anything I should be worried about? No. Uh, just be careful about mentioning her brother around her. Well, I didn't know she had one. Yeah, he's enlisted, too. Like my daughter. A lot of the families here spend time in the service. She misses him a lot. I'll try not to mention her boyfriend, either. She told you about him? Only that she's not allowed to see him. Yeah, I'll tell you the story someday. Anyway, I was highly, highly impressed that you decided to revive your show the other night. Well, Scotty sounded like she could have used the pick-me-up. And it wasn't bad to get behind the old microphone again, either. You wouldn't happen to know why my music is broadcasting over the FM spectrum, would you? <laughs> oh, we fixed the tower up pretty good. No one's the wiser. You could have told me. Uh... You wouldn't mind doing another show soon? How about tonight? Fantastic. Maybe one of the unreleased ones? Yes. I'd love to hear you finally finish the series. I will. Oh, uh, how do I turn the transmitter off so I can hear my records without the whole island listening in? There's a big switch behind the radio room's door. Could you play the show at eight tonight? I have some friends who want to hear it too. Sure, anything for you. I'll leave it to you then. If you need anything from me, I'm a hike down the road. The Blue House, right before the turn into the park. I'll remember that. You'll see my car out front. Oh, uh, I'm at the island's grocer's. Can I pick you up anything? We make it all ourselves. I don't know. I'll make a list later. Okay. Ciao. Yes, Mr. Obler. Another show tonight. And no, you may not have my sandwich. You wouldn't eat it if I gave it to you. <sighs> you did a good job mowing the hill. I can see my knees again. <laughs> oh my, what happened to you? The wind blew the grass back at me. <laughs> <laughs> All over you there. You need to use the bath. I'll be fine. It just sticks. Everywhere. Especially in my hair. I've been... enfoliated. Wait there. I'll get a camera. Please don't. I'll be okay. What do you want done next? I made some iced tea that needs drinking. I'd love some, Mr. Allen. Drop the mister. Allen's fine. Or Len. You don't need to walk on tiptoes around me. I can tell you were raised right. 
<laughs> what? You're the first person to say that. Even my boyfriend said I was screwed up. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He liked that about me. Well, mostly. He was kind of a dick about a lot of it. If you don't mind, why can't you see him anymore? I asked Mr. Lewis and he was, you know. They won't let me. Who? All of them. My dad, the church. It's no big deal. Once I'm in college, I can do whatever I want. That's only a couple months from now. I'll be off the island and they won't care anymore. What church? Didn't he tell you? Yeah, forget it. Ask him. Sorry. It's okay. So, with you being here three days, how do you like it? Uh, the island? I miss the cars driving by and people outside my window. I don't know if you've ever lived in a city or on a, a main street somewhere. Nope. It's like your body gets trained to expect a car crash any second. But look at this land. The hill, the horizon, the waves, the gulls and their clamshells all over the rocks. This is the life. That's why you come out here, isn't it? Would you live here if you could? Yeah. Too bad, I'm here now. I'll fight you for it. <laughs> oh, you're a good kid. Have a glass. Thanks. Help yourself. There's crackers, too. Don't mind if I do. Scotty, when did the crackers get here? When the grocery truck brought them yesterday. After you ordered them? From the list by the phone. Oh, right. Oh, wait a moment. You said I've been here three days. Uh-huh. I thought I arrived yesterday. Nope, you're old. I'm not senile. I played the After Dark show for you last night. Two nights ago. Last night you were out cold. Huh. Check the newspaper if you don't believe me. No, I do. It's just that I don't remember much from yesterday. I came by and you got up. You ordered food and went to sleep. Did I? That's very odd. Do you want me to wake you up more often? Well, no, uh, if I need the sleep, then I need it, I suppose. Is there anything else you miss being here? Not yet. Nothing I can think of. The grocery store doesn't carry bourbon, does it? Nope. Ah, oh, that would be perfect. A glass of Uncle Hickory's bourbon in my hand. What do you drink? I'm underage. I'm not going to tell anyone. What do you drink? I have this vodka mixer I love to make. I put lots of blue coloring in it. Not a beer drinker? <sighs> no. Maybe if my taste buds magically change when I'm 21 like the law says they're supposed to. Oh, you've probably never had the good stuff. I'll pick you up something imported somewhere. Mr. Allen? What? For yourself, not to drink with me. I like to savor my bourbon alone, thank you very much. And you're not supposed to drink with your meds. It's written on the bottles. Oh, who are they going to tell? Suit yourself. Good luck getting booze. I'll borrow Mr. Lewis's car sometime. <laughs> Good luck with that, too. Another tea, please? Then I can start on cleaning the tool shed. <laughs> Be still, my beating heart. Sipping tea with an old man and then helping to do his chores. Scotty, you're like the son I never had. Forget it! What? Uh, what's the matter? I said forget it! 
I'm leaving. Well, Scotty. If I wanted to hear more of that some I never had crap, I'd listen to my dad at home. I'm, I'm sorry. It slipped out. No. I know what you're thinking. My hair's short. I wear practical clothes. I have a multi-tool on my belt. I get enough of that in school. I didn't mean it like that. I know how you meant it. I'm handy. I'm useful. I'm good at things. Cuts, what am I? I don't get this kind of crap at my mom's. Is this about your brother? No, it's not. And where do you hear about him? Mr. Lewis? I don't think I can be here. Settle down. It was a bad joke, that's all. Not a joke. You think I haven't heard it before? They won't let me have a boyfriend. They won't let me off the island to go clubbing. All they let me do are stupid boy things like mowing your stupid grass. Forget it. I quit. Have fun living in your damn lighthouse with your damn bourbon playing your damn radio show. Wait. I didn't mean it like that. I think you're an attractive young lady. It feels a lot better when you say it. Screw you. Scotty. It's Sarah. And you can't leave the island either. Why don't you try sometime? Sarah! Oh, heck. Stupid. Oh. Listeners. As you have eagerly anticipated these past 50 years, I have returned from the ether. I've seen things that would make your blood curdle and your bones chill. Tonight, and for many nights to come, I shall bring you tales from after dark, unheard by God or man over these fine airwaves. Recorded for our brave troops in Korea, and without my observation, save for this show, these episodes were lost until now. My return. For without Dr. Damien Krask, there can be no after dark. But before we let you back into my world, let's have a listen to a sponsor from Days Gone By. Say, I'm going to go make some muffins of my own. 
But the way my family eats, I don't know if they'll make it to the fair. <laughs> That's the best prize yet. Everyone's a winner with... Weasley Wheat. What a treat. Get your boy or girl a Wasn't that special. Before we begin, allow me a personal note. I'm dedicating this episode to a wonderful young person, Sarah, who some of you know as Scotty. I want to apologize to her. To you, Scotty, for what I said today. We're from different times, you and I, but that's no excuse for me. It was wrong to say, no matter what the year, and even worse, it was a very bad joke. If you can forgive me, I won't tell another like it. And now I present to you, Scotty, and the rest of you kind souls, a macabre and grisly tale known in some circles as the Heart-Shaped Box. Taylor Blacharzik is a hard worker at the local groceria. He grew up with a poor mother, now deceased, but he has the can-do attitude of all men raised during the war. He even has a fiancé, pretty Abigail from the department store. And his name is a footnote in the medical journals as a sole survivor from a successful operation to split Siamese or conjoined twins. He still has a scar on the right side of his chest where he shared a heart with his former brother. He has received a letter in the mail informing him that he and his fiancée stand to inherit a substantial reward from a foundation in his mother's name. The letter included two bus tickets to the Saul A. Montgomery Institution of Biology, a large compound in the forests of New York. He's taken Abigail to claim their nest egg. I guess this is it. Stark is a hospital, isn't it? The sooner we're out of here, the better. Uh, hello, Taylor Blacharzik. I'm Alice. Assistant to the director of this institution, and you must be Abigail. Abby's fine. Thank you for bringing us here. It was our pleasure. The director is waiting for you. Is that your air filtering system? No, but it is a very old machine. In here. Director, Dr. Hedvig Turla. A good afternoon to you, Mr. Blachansky. It is a distinct pleasure to meet you. You will forgive me if I do not rise. My legs do not allow me to leave my wheelchair at this time. I understand. Thank you. Abby and I were thrilled to hear about the reward. A delicate matter, that. Did you know I was the doctor who separated the famous Taylor Blachansky from his brother? You? Yes. A woman can do anything she sets her mind to. Now, I have invited you here because we have a bit of a situation. Alice, invite our kind visitors to please step in. Certainly. Dear God! That can't be! Is this a joke? What's happening? Everyone sit. I shall make introductions. But he looks, looks just like me. Settle down, please. Taylor Blacharzik, meet Taylor Blacharzik. <gasps> also, Abigail. Fiancé of Taylor Blachardesic. Meet Gertrude, fiancé of Taylor Blachardesic. <laughs> At least I'm nothing like her. My mother told me my brother had died on the operating table. So did mine. We only had one heart between us. You are different Taylors in many ways. While you are identical twins, your voices and builds differ slightly. 
You follow independent professions, and the women who raised you were quite different as well. Are you saying my mother wasn't my mother? For one of you, yes. For simplicity, I shall refer to you as Taylor. Me? Yes, and I shall refer to you as Blacharzik. Look at this. Here's my identification. I run my family's print shop in Chicago. I can prove who I am six ways to Sunday. Therein lays the situation. Only the real Taylor Blacharzik may claim the reward. You have three days to decide who that is. The real one? What happens to the other after three days? He will be no more. This is an outrage. I'll have my lawyer on the phone. I speak the truth. Lift up your shirts. Go on. See? One has the left scar, and one has the right scar. If we're both brothers, how can one of us not be real? How can this be? This you shall learn soon enough. Now I request that Taylor and Blacharzik remain in this facility while we run some tests. The ladies, of course, are free to go. I'm staying with my fiancé. So am I. Very well. We have accommodations prepared. I'm leaving. Come on, Gertrude. If you leave, in three days, nature takes its course. If you remain here, you have a chance. All right. This way, please. The doctors will see you in separate rooms. All right, Mr. Taylor, your blood pressure is a little low, but your pulse is fine. Your doctor, did she really perform my operation? An amazing woman she is. Now relax, and do not be frightened by anything you see. I've been to the doctor before. Oh, what's that jellyfish? It has a human eye in its center. A real eye! Remain still. This will not hurt. I can't look. Right on your neck there. Wait. Good. Glucose is good. Red blood cell count is normal. It's a measuring device? Yes. Will regular doctors be using those someday? Who can say? Ah, ah! Where is the pain? You said it wouldn't hurt him. The jellyfish did not do this. My hand. Oh, this is not good. Put your hands together. See? You have two left hands. Oh, God, no. How can this be? I'll get a sedative. (gasps) Wait, the pain's gone. Your hand's normal again. A right and a left. What happened? I must report this immediately. Alice, take them to their room. Your room looks out over the ranch. How's your hand, dear? It's fine. My God, look outside. Ah, those walking mesh cages with the chicken legs? Incredible, aren't they? The beasts inside them have fragile bodies, and they aren't very smart, so the cages protect them. They can grow up to 20 feet tall. Are they for food? Food, transportation, whatever we want them to be. The director says they remind her of the old country. You must be tired. Thank you. Goodbye. They're horrible! Ah! Ah! Uh, is it happening again? Your hands are fine. Oh, uh, my side. Uh, lift my shirt. Is it there? Yes. I'll call the doctor. Doctor, it's happened again. On his chest, he has the Siamese scars on both sides now. Hurry! He's coming. Uh, Never mind. I think it's gone. No, there's something else. There's a message written on your skin where it is. It's scribbled in marker. It says, did you just get my scar? A fine morning. I'm glad you survived the night. I couldn't sleep. 
Every few hours, bam! I switched some other body part with him. The worst was when I had his eye. I saw half through mine, half through his. It will be worse, I am afraid, until one of you is chosen. I shall explain. Step inside this chamber, but beware. The truth is unsettling. <gasps> this machine is crude by today's standards. When it was built, I had to improvise my own trick. But this is why you live. It generates a redundant matter field in both your bodies. Terror and plagiarism. You are not whole men. You share the same heart and the same blood. My heart? Touch each other's chests. See how they match. Your one heart exists in both places. After so many years, the machine cannot last. Tomorrow, it will break. It is humane that we stabilize the heart in one of you before then. A man is not truly a man without a heart. Yes? What about their bodies switching? The field is unstable. It expands, changes arm for arm, eye for eye. But where there is an empty cavity, there is no pain. Only life! <laughs> Monstrous! A vile conniving witch toying with us! She could save one of us with her weird medicines and monsters, but she won't. It won't be me going down, or you if we can help it. Oh! Ow! I have you. What is it this time? Uh, my tongue! Our tongues! Get me away from him! It happens more the closer we are together. That's why she separated us all these years. See you two later. I don't trust that man. I've had days when I felt drunk without a drop in me. Sick when everyone else was well. I know now it's always been him. Abby, do me a favor. Tonight, go to that blasted machine. Tell me if either of them is messing with it. Can I help you, Abby? I see you hiding behind that cabinet. Come on out. Oh, sorry. I was watching for Gertrude. Yes, she's in there. She has a degree in engineering, and Dr. Turla gave her permission to see the machine. Do you have a degree in engineering? No, I work at the perfume counter. She's coming out soon. Can you wait a bit? Sure. Come to talk? I'm busy. Go on. I'm just curious, is all. This machine is incredible. I can only fathom how parts of it work. You're fiddling with it. You better not be trying to kill my tailor prematurely. I am trying to do the opposite. Oh, no. You'd better check your fiancé. I believe they swapped their right kidneys. She's doing something to the machine. I knew it. Another ice pack? She said you swapped your right kidneys. We did. I wanted to stop. Anything to make it stop. You wouldn't give up your life, would you? You don't know. My nerves are searing hot. Sandpaper and lava crawling under my skin. My brain can't handle the agony. I don't have the strength to fight for the rest of my life. What can I do? More medicine. Please. I need two bodies worth of opiates. Good morning. 
this is unsettling for all of us. I'll say what you're putting these men through. <gasps> Nevertheless, this is the time when we will need to stabilize one of them. Which will it be? I will hear reasons from both of you. Taylor? Oh, I've seen your facility. You have drugs and equipment here beyond the world outside. You must be able to save us, please. An artificial heart. A transplant for me if you can. Give him my heart. I can't fight him for it. Ugh. Taylor! Well, I mean it. I've had a good life. If you can give me another day with my sweet Abigail, everything of mine is yours. I see. And you, Blitzarzik? I've seen my own mortality. And I wish I'd have more time to make it up to my brother. But I've a company to run. I have employees depending on me. Save me, please. I can pay your expenses if that helps. You have made your case. Many years ago, 21 to be precise, soon after I came to America, two women came to me. A lady of the evening and her madam. The lady had given birth to conjoined twins. Her madam asked me to save one that she might raise him in a better life than his mother could. The mother pleaded that I save both that she might know that they had both lived. In return, I could do whatever I pleased to them. I see not much has changed. For all your fine or humble upbringings, you merely reflect the women who raised you. I say to you as I did to them. Vlicharzik, you reason well. And Taylor, you hope. I have seen much of this world, and I see more need for hope than reason. Taylor, I shall spare you. Oh, darling. Thank you, Doctor. Vlicharzik, say your goodbyes. This wasn't entirely unexpected. We will provide localized anesthesia to ease your pain, Blacharzik. No. Do it raw. I'll take it. Besides, I doubt you have any intention to release my brother from the premises. An astute observation. There is much we can learn about the long-term effects of the machine, Mr. Taylor. You can't do this! She can. Grant me this last request. I want to see the machine turn off with my own eyes. And I want my brother to hear my screams when it does. That is reasonable. Take him away. No! You filthy woman! You can't do this! <laughs> you are in no position to tell me what to do. I shall enjoy dissecting the two of you. One living, one dead. <laughs> Yes, I'm ready to receive the heart. Are you ready, Alice? Yes, Doctor. We'll begin shutdown in three minutes. Good. Deliver my best wishes to the dearly departed. I will. No, you won't. What? Hey! Alice, what is happening? Alice won't be serving you anymore. Ah! It hurts! There should be little pain. Not like this. Let me move your smock. Ah! Impossible! A leg growing from your hip. An arm. God, another arm. Ah! A tiny body growing out. It cannot be. Did it work? It did. Hello, brother. Brother, it doesn't hurt anymore. 
sorry to get this close to you, but it was the only way we could share our heart to put us back as we were, conjoined together. How did you do this? I discerned that the pattern in the bellows matched the instabilities in the matter field. I recreated all the patterns in order and undid what had been done. I put them back together. That's amazing! We've beaten you, Dr. Turla, and now I have a chance to know my brother. You'll never leave. <laughs> my mother, our mother, raised me with her stories of the old country, Dr. Hedvig. Walking giant chickens, riding a mortar and pestle like your own white wheelchair? I know who you really are. Let us free, or I'll scream it to all your employees. Very well. You all are free. Thank you. Let's hurry. But know this. I have centuries of tricks remaining, and I will be watching you. Both of you tellers. Especially your fat, plump, ripe, delectable heart. <laughs> So it ends, my friends, and the world grows a little darker. Who can say what strange things the future of medicine holds for us? Might some of it, in fact, come from a time of forgotten history? Maybe even the black forests of old? How should we treat such knowledge, even if it saves us? I don't know about you, but after tonight's tale, I wouldn't be caught dead out after dark! After dark! Brought to you each week on this station by the makers of Winsley Wheat. Features Leonard Allen, Isabel Huddleston, and Matt Lerner. Our special guests this week were Marion Westine, David Baxter, Benjamin West Davis, Helena Rook, and Darla Arrowfeather as Dr. Hedwig Turla. After Dark is written by Matt Lerner and is produced and directed by Leonard Allen. Tune in next week for another tale of mystery and fright right here on After Dark. Recording stopped. Oh, thank God. I can breathe again. <laughs> uh, hey, Matt, give me the headphones. I want to hear that last bit again. You were fine. The show is on NBC crack all the time. Just want to be sure. Give me those. Len, how many lines did you have? Two. And both were perfect. Don't worry about it. Well, I have to worry about it. That's my job, isn't it? Len, we do this every week. The listeners don't care. The troops overseas don't care. I care. Shh. All right, that's fine. Good. If it's not one thing, it's another with you. You've been pinching our pennies so hard, you'll have us recording on bailing wire next. Give me a break. Give me a break, will you? Winsley Wheat's cut back so much, I had to pull in Justine's jellies last week. And the two of them can barely pay for studio time and forget about my salary. Isn't Johnny's calling you? You see, they stay open late for me. Your tab's so high, they won't close until you pay it. Joke's on them. <laughs> I'm not going to get any work done tonight. I'll listen to the take tomorrow. So, when are we doing the show again? What do you mean? Our next show. We're not doing another one. Why not? Nobody's carrying it. We've got six stations that'll always carry it. Nationwide, they always will. This is a lot of work, Matt. I spend half my days calling sponsors who hang up when they hear my name. And I spend the other half on these blasted books and... Hurting you in here to make a decent show. Would you stop shouting at us? We're your friends here. I know... Look, I called in a few favors. Price, Wells, every number I could find. And most of them didn't even work. Same thing every time. I'll see what I can do. And nothing. So, no. You know what? 
we're through. This is the last show. Matt, wrap up the records. Send them to the armed forces, people. I'm leaving. You want to do the show? You find someone else. Len, please. I've been thinking all month, is this worth my time? Is it, Isabel? Yes, it is. We only have a few episodes left. Seven tops. I'll get a collection going if money's the problem. Well, this is new. Maybe I should have asked you sooner. Sleep on it, please. We're all stressed, please. And then what? We'll talk about it tomorrow. What if we do a new show? But we only have seven episodes to finish this one. Well, who's listening? Who cares? We didn't have anyone listening when we started. Give it time. They won't carry us because Bob's doing the same show. The only way we're going to crawl back into their schedules is if we do something different. Not a horror show in a glut of damned horror shows. I think Bob had the right idea. Bob stole our scripts and sold us up the river. Are you going to do the same to us? What if I am? What do you remember about why he left? What did he tell you? He said he had the chance to sell our show to the big time. I'm thinking if I had had the chance, I would have done the same thing too. Do you remember what he said about the shepherd? Yeah, uh, yeah, but he was just joking around. There's no shepherd in Hollywood. The shepherd runs Hollywood. Most of it. It has a copy of our show, but it does not have our show. We have to finish our show. You're talking like you're hitting the bottle already. Pass it over. I want a shot. Len, you can't leave. I can. I will. Good night, everyone. You may consider after dark over. Kaput. Vamoose. Finished. Matt, we need to tell him. Sure. Tell me what? About the show. You may want to sit down for this. We're not being controlled by the mob, are we? Because I'm not seeing money like we should get if we were. This isn't the first time we've done the show. What do you mean? You think I write these scripts? Me? I can barely put two words together. I nurse the bottle, and I get a script to you every week in advance, typed without a spelling error. How do you think I pull that off? I've seen spelling errors. I don't write the scripts. They were all written back in 44. Sure, we update them to get them on the radio, but there's another crew that does that, not me. I don't understand. Do we owe someone royalties? Who are we stealing from? From nobody, and that's the honest truth. And we need you to read them on air. It has to be the same person, live, start to finish. You, Len. Len? Len? Hello? He's not moving. He's not. And he won't remember any of this. Oh, maybe the fight. Bob! Nice of you to keep my voice in the show's introduction. Oh, right. You can't change it for the prayer to work. Inanna, hear us, guide us, guard us. us. Oh, grow up. The great shepherd liked what I gave him. He said it's tender, succulent. You've got no power over me. So you've come for the main course, Stroud? Not for the shepherd, if that's what you're wondering. I'm doing my friend Len here a favor. I'm going to get him the heck out of this town. I owe him that much. You lay a finger on him, I'm wrestling you down. So will I. I'm the same person I've always been. I know you got me where I am today. Here. In this suitcase is half of my bonus for selling the show. I know the church doesn't want it. Give it to the schools, the library, the fire department, all of them, all right? Do it yourself. If you won't, I will. And they'll probably name something after me, a library or a hospital wing. You can't help this town by staying in it, Matt. You're going to die an old drunk, and the only person who will remember you is the sexton who cleans your grave. Out! Isabel, call the church. I'm in my rights to be here, and neither of you have the power over me. You're not even high priests. 
So don't start with me, Matt. All right. I'm taking Len away from here. Don't even think of sending old Blubber after me. What's stopping us? Because it let me leave this town once, knowing everything it does. And I have ways of surviving if it does attack me. Does Len? I thought not. Hey, Len. Len. Bob, what are you doing here? I came back for you, Len. Len, we're going on a trip now. We are? It'll be fun. We're going to Hollywood. You were just thinking about going there, weren't you? I sure was. That's great. Come on, I'll take you to your car. I have a plane ticket for you. You ever ridden in a plane before? Can't say that I have. You'll love it. You can spread out, smoke a pack, and time slips by. We'll have you out there in no time. You're going to be a star. So, what do we do? I'll tell the congregation. Then, we get tickets to Hollywood, I guess. I'll check the train times. Damn it! Let me get your coat. What if Len likes it out there? What? It's after 12 p.m., also called noon. Isabel? I'm offended. Jesse McAllister. Uh, how did you get in here? How did you get in my lighthouse? I'm the park ranger for the island. David did tell you, didn't he? Did he? Yes, he did. He better have. Get up. Up! Take your meds. Here's a glass of water. Drink! Say something. What? Swallows his pills when he's instructed to. You'll go far with that attitude. Is something the matter? You have the keys to the lighthouse, and you can't see fit to lock the front door. Uh, I did. No, you didn't. I'm positive. Then explain why I've spent the last hour mopping leaves and rainwater from the foyer and how the front door came to be open without me touching it. I'm sure I closed it. But you didn't lock it, did you? Didn't you hear the storm last night? No. Blessed one, give me strength. The storm that started after you finished your show? No. It was bad. Howling winds, rain pelting every which way. Purple lightning lighting up the skies like it was daytime. Blew your door open and you didn't even hear it? I can't explain it. Well, nobody's perfect. Are you hungry? Yes, actually. Good. I made you some eggs. Go eat them while I finish cleaning. Oh, good heavens, the hall is a mess. Told you. I appreciate what you've done so far, Mrs. McAllister. It's Jesse, uh, and it's Ms. And don't worry, I've looked after this place for 20 years, and I'll be here another 20 after you have gone. Did you listen to my radio show? It was wonderful. I love Baba Yaga stories. I'm going to be her when I grow up. You didn't hear the cast speaking when the show was over, did you? Just static, and then the storm knocked out the power for a while. I must have dreamt it. I was back with the old cast, and Bob Stroud came in and took me away to Hollywood. It was very strange. How did you get to Hollywood? I left the crew and moved in with Bob. Why would you do that? He stole your show, didn't he? 
Oh, he was a good guy. Or he helped you think so? What do you mean? When David visited you at the nursing home, didn't you ask the nurse to get rid of him? Yes. Do you think she heard you? Of course. Are you sure? She was ignoring me. You could have screamed the Declaration of Independence and she wouldn't have heard you. Why wouldn't she? Magic. What does this have to do with Bob? Yes. What? All of it. Which? Why you left with him, why you moved in with him, why you haven't remembered until now. Everything you're thinking. Oh. Eat your eggs. Uh, magic. Powers granted from gods beyond. You're pulling my leg. David didn't say anything about this. He thinks you'll crack if we tell you all about the Church of Inanna. Oh, hello. Hey, don't track your muddy paws in the kitchen. Hi, Mr. Obler. Hi, Orson. Uh, No, my eggs are mine. You don't believe me? Nope. Let me get a bowl. What's that? Honey milk. I brought it with me. I assume David's told you the cats won't eat anything you give them. Scotty said that, too. Watch this. Focus. Pray. Offer. There you are. All yours. uh, They're drinking it. Let's see you get them to eat something. That's not magic. True. They're eating it on their own. And the magic's in the offering. Focus, pray, offer. And they won't touch the food unless you do it right. Does David know about this? Oh, he's focused on the practical parts. Prettying up his books for sale. Keeping the nurses from hearing you complain. Is this something you can teach? Not easily. Even with the right attitude, you've got to know the history of every move. What do you know about that plate you're eating off of? This one? That's from the China set that John Helix brought here in the 1910s. He joined Teddy Roosevelt's Progressive Party after it was formed. A few years later, the Republicans were voted onto the county board. You remember, the Progressives were a split off the Republicans. So the board replaced John as fast as they could find someone. A veteran they owed a favor. But when that veteran was stationed here, he never ate off those plates. They were Progressive plates. You would have been fired if they had caught you eating breakfast like you are now. Uh, As a state employee, do do I have to memorize this? I typed up an outline for you to remember. Don't believe what they say about me. I'm not completely heartless. The cats seem to like you. How are you doing with Scotty? (sighs) You heard the show last night. Poor girl. You two aren't seeing eye to eye. I said something that set her off. It wasn't about her brother, was it? Not per se. She misses him bad. Her father misses him worse. I'm sure he forgets she's a young woman and treats her like a substitute for her brother. If you see her, tell her she's always welcome to come back. She won't talk to me. You're probably the only person she would talk to. Give her time. You're right. Right before we had that talk... She was dumping the grass cuttings from the mower over the cliffside, and they all blew back on her. They did what? (laughs) Blew all over her. For heaven's sakes. Come on, we're going out. Where? Show me where she did it.
She called it an Alice's restaurant. And she was inspected, selected, and rejected. It, it was somewhere up here on the cliffside. One, two, three, four. Got any change on you? I think so. How many pennies do you have? Let me see. That's enough. I don't need the rest. Eight pennies to the goddess. Thanks be to her. Next time, tell her to use trash bags. I'll haul them down myself if I have to. What was that about? It could be why you had your door blown open last night. It's bad luck to anyone who throws their trash in the ocean here. Is that one of your magic rules? It's called common courtesy. That cliff has a history of spirits that goes back to the native people. What's down there? Who knows? I'm not taking chances. You know, you haven't shown me anything. You got two cats to drink milk, and you got pennies to fall over a cliff. How are your legs doing? They're fine. Should they be? Last week, you were bedridden. You could barely take a shower without falling. Right. And here you are today, walking down a slope with me, without an ache or a spasm. You're right. I'm... I feel fine. It's all right. It's not all right. I shouldn't be walking like this. I should have to use my cane. But you don't. It's how you are now. But this isn't right. I feel good. Did you do this to me? Yes. Still, I I wouldn't do any heavy lifting soon. If it'll make you feel better, I'll send my doctor out here to give you a physical. Are there any side effects? You'll be sleeping for days on end. Don't worry. We've already tested it all out. Why are you doing this to me? Did you ever watch that show, Tales from the Dark Side, back in the 80s? I did. And you're going to tell me about the the one with the little aliens who came to Earth to finish finish making making the the TV TV show show they liked. This is our gift to you. We loved your radio show. Always have. And you were rotting away in that nursing home. So we busted you out to let you finish your show. Simple as that. David may have been too nervous to tell you, but good thing he has me, right? (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. Ooh, look at that tree that came down. Rotten right through. It'll be a fox den in a week. They've already taken up all the good groundhog burrows, so it's nice that there's a place for them. Imagine that. Oh, their little foxy noses. I can't wait to see them. You know the foxes just dive in the holes and kill the groundhogs. Eat them in their own dens. Like takeout food. And then they move in and act like they own the place. Was there anyone taking care of the lighthouse before me? Mr. Henderson was his name. He was here for most of his retirement. Six months out of the year in the park and the rest in Florida. He was a good man. Did he decide to stop working? He died. And I moved in. You can ask Scotty about him. They never got along. He thought she was a pest. How did he die? A stroke. Will I have a stroke? I won't lie to you. But we're taking better care of you after learning what we could from him. Oh my god. I'm sorry if I blew your mind. It's not fair to keep secrets from a good guy like yourself. I'll be back with the contractors in a couple days. 
Are you with the, uh, are you with the wild maiden? Or the, uh, or the shepherd? I wouldn't go using those slurs unless you knew the history behind them. All right. I do like you, Len. You're safe here. I mean that. Wild maiden power all the way. Can I help you? Jessie came by. Oh, good. She told me things about you and magic. Are they true? <sighs> Most of them, probably. I see. Elaine, you can't take everything she says that... It... I succeeded in show business for so long because of one thing. I always know when it's time to leave. <sighs> Clothes? <sighs> Toothbrush. Razor, ID, uh, ID, ha, ID, medicine, shoes, more clothes, oh, I can always buy more, I'll need new clothes in Florida anyway, the discs, maybe a few, pen, paper, dear David, I am resigning from my position as lighthouse keeper immediately. I have appreciated all the work you've done for me. However, and forgive me, but you are all crazy, and I fear for my life. Please tell Scotty that I will miss her, but your peacock needs to fly. Fond wishes, Leonard Allen. Postscript, the cats apparently eat honey milk. There. Just zip up my suitcase. Well, goodbye to you all. Goodbye, bedroom. You're a little too cramped for me anyway. Goodbye, extra floors that Scotty can't see. Goodbye, kitchen. Farewell, stove. Farewell, Mr. Sloth. 
still hanging onto the cabinets. I hope you find what it is you're looking for. Goodbye, garden. I never did get around to pruning you. I'm sorry. Goodbye, radio room. I was looking forward to hearing a lot more from you. What's done is done, though, I guess. So long, lighthouse. You were beautiful while you lasted. Be good to whoever they put in you next. Uh, now then, David said if I needed anything from him, I could come on over. I don't see him around. He won't mind if I borrow his car. Orson, Mr. Obler, how did you get in here? Do you sleep in here sometimes? Uh, it's all right. Shh. I saw him stash his keys over the driver's seat when he dropped me off. Don't tell him, though. Oh, David, you're so trusting. Orson, Mr. Obler, you better get out. I'm going for a long drive, and I'd make you grumpy. Shoo! Scram! That's better. Now, Florida, ho! Night wind howls in the chimney cows, and the bat in the moonlight flies. And dinky clouds like funeral shrouds sail over the midnight skies. When the footpads quail at the night birds wail, and black dogs bay at the moon. Then is the specter's holiday, then is the ghost's high noon. Then is the ghost's high noon. And now, into the tunnel. The tunnel, they're too cheap to light. Oh, right, I'd better slow down. There's that ridiculous speed bump. Should be coming up soon. Should be... Oh, my. It's blocked. It's sealed up. It wasn't like this before. It's a wall. Ugh, it's slick. Wet tar. It's all the way across the tunnel. There must have been a turn I was supposed to take. No, I would have remembered a turn. This tar is too fresh. They must have just put this here. Why the hell would you seal up your own town with tar? Did it move? Is that water dripping? Or, or is it... The tar's not fresh. It's alive!
make sure it's not too hot. I'm checking it. It's it's the right temperature. Get his top off. I've got his pants. What were you thinking? What was I thinking? You left your keys in your car. I swear, I didn't. You must have ticked somebody off, then. <laughs> Maybe I did leave them in there. I, I don't know. Okay, he's naked. Ready? Uh, yes. Uh, okay, inject him. One, two, three. Uh, uh, Praise them all. Then don't thrash. You'll get water in your lungs. You're very cold right now. We have to get your temperature up and fast. Nod if you understand me. Yes. Good. Just breathe. Slow. Breathe. Slow. Open wide. This thermometer goes up top, not down south. Is he stabilizing? He is. 97.7 so far. Thank God. Open wide again. There, you can talk now. What the hell was that? It's, it's all right. It protects our town. That creature protects? That's what I keep telling David. Len, it has very rudimentary senses. It was curious about you and couldn't help itself. I'll go talk to it. You talk to that thing? Yes, I can. He's the only one. If we didn't have him, we'd ship it back, return to sender. You didn't tell me about any monster in the tunnel. Uh, that's our speed bump. I'm sorry, Len. I told it to keep you here. Well, what if I want to go? Then come and talk to me about it. What if I don't want to talk to you? You can't survive on your own out there. Out where? Off the island? Away from us. I can put you back in the nursing facility if you want. Just like you were, stuck in your bed, falling in the shower, breathing disinfectant and listening to Stroud's horror show. Or you could be here. You can walk in the National Park. You can breathe the salt air. You can live in a lighthouse with the ocean for company, day in, day out. You can eat and listen to whatever you want. And you can contribute to our community. Your life gets to mean something. In some ways, yes, it is a prison and I'm your jailer. (laughs) And I am here on bended knee. Warming you in the bathtub, begging you, please stay, please, we need you, you don't know how badly we need you, don't go, don't leave us, please. There's so much I don't understand. I'll help you. So will I. I'll want to set conditions. Name them. Uh, I I don't know what they are yet. Take your time. Let Scotty have her boyfriend. That's not an option. She showed him the speed bump, and I had to help him forget. All right. Let her go clubbing at night. Let her leave whenever she wants. Done. But only if she asks me first. And you have to be the one to tell her. Make sure she knows it's on your head if she does anything again. I will. I think we can work this out. Will you stay? Do I have a choice? Always. I'll stay. Thank you. Thank you, Len. 
It's getting a bit cold in this tub. I have your towel. Here. I'll get your robe. You can stand up. It's nothing I haven't seen before. Uh, Right. I don't care what your physician says, Len. I have a friend who can cook the best ribs in the state. I'm sending some over. Sounds heavenly. Well, speak of the devil. Hey. Hi, Scotty. I just heard. Is he okay? He's fine. Hello. Hi. David, why don't we go order those ribs? Yes. Hmm. Maybe a triple order. Are you doing okay? Yes. uh, A little cold, but otherwise I'm fine. What's it like getting felt up by the speed bump? (laughs) Uh, It's very cold and slippery. You must be pretty slow. It's never caught me yet. Yeah. Well, Mr. Lewis asked me, and I agreed to stay here. A prisoner, but it's not so bad. I said I'd do it if you could go out to your nightclubs again, provided you tell him you're going beforehand. He must really want you to stay. Yes. I mean, there's no telling what I might do. He said it's all on my head, whatever you do. Oh. I'm pretty good with costuming. I can do an awesome, you know, from Guilty Gear. (laughs) Thanks. Are we cool, then, young lady? No, geezer. Yeah, we are. Just don't say anything like you did again. Scout's honor. Let me get dressed. Let's go up to the tower. We can watch the sunset. would be some nice deck chairs if they were cleaner. I always sit on the floor. Good idea. What else do you have out there? What do you mean? There's the bump in the tunnel and the thing at the bottom of the cliff that hates grass and loves spare change. Oh, yeah. Ms. McAllister mentioned it. Is there anything else? Here? No. I haven't seen anything else in a while. How long is a while? Look, there's wards all over the island. We've never had a problem with anything. And by we, you mean the Church of Inanna? Services every week at the UU. Why do you need me to do my show? Oh, that's fine. I wasn't going anywhere anyway. I found a bottle of Uncle Hickory's bourbon at Mr. Lewis's place. You shouldn't have. And I shouldn't drink this. You want any? I don't like bourbon. Bottoms up. Oh, that's wonderful. The sun setting over the water, illuminating every wave as the darkness rushes overhead. 
sitting on top of a lighthouse beside a filthy deck chair. Uh, this is a good drink. It's even nicer when I put it between my eyes and the sun. Goodbye, sun. Goodbye, drink. Is it worth it? I guess it is. Oh, I don't think I need the glass when I have you, Mr. Bottle. You're not supposed to have alcohol with all that stuff we put in your bloodstream. I don't care. I'll make that trade any day. It's so worth it. And that was the second episode of The Mask of Banana by Post Meridian Radio Players. That was called Anything You Want. And there are uh, two more episodes. Well, there's uh, episode three is on themaskofanana.com right now. The Mask of Inanna, uh, I-N-A-N-N-A. Uh, if you want to know how to spell that, well, just go to the Radio Drama Revival website and click on the link. Um, there's also going to be a fourth episode in the series, The Rescuers, that will be available um, it looks like early December, and we actually had the opportunity to uh, learn about that episode and to talk more about the show uh, with creators Alicia Gornson and Neil Marsh. Um, enjoyed talking to them, and uh, here we go. This is their interview. All right, well, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. This evening we've got a couple of great guests with us. We've ta- we're talking to Alicia Gornson and Neil Marsh, series creators of the new show The Mask of Anana. Um I'm going to say that wrong, of course, a few times this interview, but uh, we'll get there. Um, though, of course, I say series creators, but as, as we were just talking a moment ago, uh, Neil and Alicia have very different roles. Um, and uh, uh, as want, there's always a one chief bottle washer um, on a radio drama production. In this case, it sounds like it's you, Alicia. Is that right? Uh, yes, I am the writer, uh, producer, editor, uh, director, uh, uh, everything but voice actor is, is the way that I put it. Uh, and and main from promoter as well. Yeah, so that's all very true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, well, yeah. welcome, welcome to the show, you guys. Um, and I should say, I'm very happy to have. Uh, I guess this is technically a post meridian radio uh, players production. Um, I've it seen is. you. I've seen you guys uh, produce live, and it's really exciting to see. Um, this is your first uh, pre-produced sort of serial, and um, seems like you you're going. Right, right for it. You were just telling me this is a, a twelve episode uh, season that you've got. Well, in mind it's going to be it. It's going to be nine. We we cut we cut three episodes mm-hmm. out just because uh, we wanted to keep the sh- keep the show ro- rolling. Uh, and uh, early in uh, two thousand nine, we weren't certain we were going to be doing the show at all, and so we we cut a we cut three episodes out, and then said, okay, this is much more manageable level of work for us to do. Because yeah. as I said, we had to do all the editing ourselves, and it turned out I had to do all the editing myself so i'm just trying not to drive myself absolutely crazy uh uh with the work but but nine episodes is definitely doable and and pretty much something from there's all there there's some parts there are some aspects or elements from each of the episodes that was cut out that were integrated into others if they were important to the storyline so they weren't entirely lost all right so so let's start uh somewhere here um now You've you've been established there in Boston. You've been doing stuff regularly for Halloween, um, as well as at least on occasion for um, first night. Um, it sounds like you, Alicia, have have written a few of the stage, uh, you know, some of the the radio plays that they've performed live. How do you go from doing that and feeling comfortable with that to suddenly doing this uh, 
the serial production? Uh, the serial production actually came first. I was um, hanging out with Neil uh, with uh, uh, through a mutual uh, mutual friend. Uh, Neil was very uh, was connected to the mutual friend through another podcast, which is called Second Shift, um, and. Uh, we basically got them to, to, to talking, and um, I, I was an established writer. As I am a, I don't like to throw it around, but you know, Lambda Literary uh, finalist and winner of the first Project Quillet Award and that sort of thing. Uh, and basically, I was talking with Neil about product, uh, 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 any projects that he was working on, and he happened to bring up this project, which at the time was called PM. Uh, Neil sent me a treatment, and uh, we had a discussion, and. Uh, I came back. Uh, Neil, would you like to continue? You you tell the story yeah, all the time. Yeah, I do. It's, um, well, it was interesting because I was uh, telling Alicia that I had two back burner projects that things I came up with years ago that I just have not had the time to develop. And uh, she said, well, tell me one. So I picked this one and uh, I gave her the very basic premise because what I had at the time was pretty much what you hear in the first episode of the show. The premise is established. Uh, the old radio show host who loses his show and goes into obscurity and 50 years later come, you know, he gets an opportunity to do the show again. And that's mostly what I had. And she said, well, sent me a treatment. So I sent her the treatment for the first episode and sort of the, what I had for the outline of the series. And three days later, she emails me this uh, word document with several pages and uh, wiki links and the whole thing about basically outlining her idea for the series and um, what you know what i didn't have was the organ you know what was the purpose of this why why uh, who was the organization that was making this possible that was encouraging him to bring his 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 show back after 50 years and i didn't i hadn't worked that out yet and she had this complete storyline worked out and i'm just like wow this all wow this makes sense uh yeah yeah alicia go with that <laughs> I am available for hire. <laughs> yes, wonderful, wonderful. So it sort of just uh, just worked. Uh, so so when you said that was in 2009? Or... 2008, actually. Uh, 2008, okay. So you've been working on this for some time because I just started seeing episodes uh, only a few months ago, if I remember right. We haven't actually produced it until a few months ago. Mm. Uh, uh, and, and there are a number of, 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 of hurdles, basically. As soon as I had finished the show... Um, well, it, took you, it took a year to write. Uh, Alicia sent me a, a script about every month after the initial pilot script, and, and that came after about two weeks. And when I read it, I was floored because she basically gave me exactly what I had asked for, what I had in my head uh, for the pilot episode. And I said, well, let's just keep going with this. And so about a month, five weeks apart after that, I kept getting a script for uh, a new episode. And about a, a about a year after we started this process, we had our first casting. Uh, I, I pulled from, oh, I must have pulled about 20, 25 people from PMRP, Second Shift, and a couple of the other uh, local theater groups, people that, that we sort of handpicked as like, maybe, you know, reminding us or thinking, yeah, they might be good for this, this, or this. And so we had a casting session and cast people. and. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the trouble has to deal with like none of us have space to do the actual recording, so we have to rent the area that we record. Uh, five months five months out of the year is spent immersed in preparing for our Halloween show, and we don't really have a lot of additional staff to like form a second unit to go and deal with that stuff. So it basically took uh, until about March of this year uh, before 
um, we really started making a, a push to pull people in and start recording uh, the show. Um, and but once that happened, it 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 just started moving very quickly. Uh, and I had I had to really push Neil in order to teach me how to do ed- uh, uh, audio editing. Yeah, I I I, ta- I taught her how to to uh, do editing and post production with uh, Adobe Audition over about the period of about a month. And uh, she picked it up very fast, and she's now doing things with it that I never thought of doing. So <laughs> I've created a monster. So you got you got thrown in off the deep end. It sounds like Alicia, but you've been. It sounds like enjoying yourself and and doing well uh, with 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 uh, all this work. And all. it's it's very rewarding work. It it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time, uh, but it's extremely rewarding when you hear the final when the uh, the final um, episode comes out. And it really helps to have uh, cast members who are thrilled about their characters. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I've been involved in, in, in shows in the past where, you know, you have an actor walks in, reads their lines as their part, and, and they go off. And these guys, um, whenever an episode comes out, they're on the forefront of, of pushing it and advertising and getting up in their Facebook and writing their family and friends to say, hey, go listen to this. Uh, and we even get a fair number of the cast members uh, from time to time who who will be able to give critique when the rough drafts come out and and uh you know <clears throat> give uh, cuz you know you know you know Fred I'm sure from editing that after you keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again you need it you need a fresh pair of ears yeah, and and I'm going to ask some more specific questions about the series in a moment but I I am curious to hear about this um collaboration speaking of that um about the second shift podcast cuz I, I I guess I had seen uh, in fact, I think I met someone at that at one of the events I went to with Postmodern Radio Players. But so clearly, you're both um, Boston-based group. So how did that connection happen? Who are the principal players? How are they involved? That sort of thing. Uh, the person you probably met was Brad Smith, if he was taller than you. Could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, Second Shift, I I knew nothing about it, but uh, one of the people, um, uh, theater or. Uh, PMRP is a sister organization of a staged theater company called Theater at First. It's a community theater based in Somerville, uh, Massachusetts. And uh, uh, one of our um, techie producer, hands-on, behind-the-scenes, making things work people um, said, hey, I have a friend, my coworker, who's uh, doing this podcast, and uh, she had heard your uh, your." Um, She'd heard about your live production of Chicken Heart, which was the first. This wasn't the the uh, the first night one, but it was the the very first show we did mm. back in two thousand five, which was our 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 what I look back now on as our fumbling attempt to do radio drama, which everybody enjoyed. So I won't. <laughs> hey, just but, they um, still so yeah, he's still bringing you back. So. Yeah, we 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 look. We, I mean, if you if you we look at our Chicken Heart performance from from first night and look back to that other one, it was you know quite a difference. But uh, you always you got to start from somewhere. So we were doing a show one night, and this I hear this voice that goes, "Are you the Chicken Heart guy?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah," and she and she says she 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 says. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Joe's coworker, and I'm on this 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 uh, podcast called Second Shift, and you really ought to check it out. And so we chatted for a little bit, and then about uh, once a day for about two weeks, I kept getting a an IM. Did you listen, Pope? Did you listen, Pope? Did you listen, Pope? So I finally listened. Finally sat down and found time to listen to the first two episodes of Second Shift, and I was really impressed with the writing, really thoroughly impressed. And uh, uh, they were producing at the time on, on a fairly minimal with sort of a, a, a minimalistic approach to uh, sound effects, but they were doing them and using them very, uh, very well. And they were turning out episodes about every three or four weeks. And I was impressed with that too. And uh, 
Uh, so I was a big supporter of them. And then I got uh, I got an email from this friend, uh, Julia Lunetta, who plays Archon on Second Shift, and she's a mystery voice in Mask of Anana. We can't talk about I can't talk about it until they're actually revealed. So um, and uh, she said, well, we're casting our first big villain. And so I, you know, I, I was like, ah, so uh, uh, she said, you really ought to, you really ought to audition. So I, I sent in an audition and I got cast as the, as, as Porik. If any of your listeners are familiar with Second Shift, they'll know who Porik is. It's it's really fun to hear kind of the, the backstory and kind of the, the, the story on how you get to this, um, the piece, The Mask of Anana. Do you want to talk a little bit about the, the, the direction? I don't, without uh, giving away too many spoilers, uh, what people should be excited about, what, what, what the train they're going to get on if they start uh, getting hooked by this series. Mask of Anana is basically a, uh, uh, it's the show of uh, Leonard Allen, uh, old time radio producer, gee, this sounds like something that, that Neil would do, uh, who is, uh, uh, who, whose show is, uh, as Fred explains before every episode, uh, stolen by his best friend, Bob Stroud, who takes it off to Hollywood and runs him off the air and bunch of stuff happens and then it's the he's a, he's a, uh, in, in the hospital as a senior citizen sorry nursing home as a senior citizen and he gets picked up by a mysterious organization who brings him to a lighthouse and has him run a pirate broadcast uh, from the uh, from the mysterious New England lighthouse to finish the seven episodes of his of after dark his original horror show which was which were never finished and so uh, that's the premise that, that that Neil came up with, and it is based on what's the name of the show again? Oh, the inspiration for it was when I was putting a group together to uh, this this PM, what became Mask of Anana, uh, was one of the of a couple projects I came up with when I was first thinking about putting a group together about ten years ago, and uh, uh, at the time I was trying to come up with uh, some inspiration for like what kind of shows we could do. And it was right about that time, 2002, I think it was, that a, an online friend of mine said, have you ever heard of Nightfall? And I said, no. And he said, it's this Canadian series that did in the early 80s. It came really creepy. And he sent me an episode, and I was hooked from the first wow. And I, I became so interested in the show. I actually actually did research on the show. I was, going to, I was originally going to put together a book about the show, and then it's now a website. But I like interviewed producers and actors who were on the show, uh, met up, I've tracked down most of the writers. And we, and we actually, to the point where we've been using some Nightfall episodes for our live shows, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the script writers are really thrilled that, um, because Nightfall is not commercially available, uh, they like they. They like the idea that that people are out there performing their stuff, and uh, and I the show is just there's some episodes that I I can't I, I even tell people that they shouldn't listen to. Like I gave a friend some examples and said, whatever you do, don't listen to this in the car after dark. And what did the fool do? He listened to them in the car after dark, including the one about the guy who was being haunted by a voice on his CB radio. I'm like, why did you do that? Um, uh, it, which we turned into this year's um, um, uh, Tomes of Terror play at uh, Somerville Theater. That's actually true. That's actually true. I I, uh, I do know the writers for that episode, and I had wanted to do an updated version, or actually a backdated version of that one, because our show was set in the 40s. And uh, that never quite came out, so, but we took the premise and transposed it to the Missouri River during wartime, in which the crew of a, of a barge hauling ammunition for the Navy down to New Orleans are, are haunted by a voice on the ship's radio. Um 
it's a great prompt and the audience really loved it. But yeah, Nightfall was a huge inspiration to me. And I, I was like, uh, and so I kind of came up with the idea of an anthology, but with the, and it was, the idea was a, a radio show within a radio show and, and not in this, not in necessarily in the style of like the, the Jack Benny thing, though it's a very similar thing where you have the whole premise is that you're, you're seeing everybody as they're getting ready to do their big show. In our case, it's, here's a series about a guy who had a, a very popular radio show in the fifties that, is, that uh, ended up being forced off the air when he was betrayed by his best friend. Which comes and, from uh, uh, originally the Tales from the Dark episode. Tales from the Dark Side episode, Distant Signals. Yes, uh, About a group of aliens that come to Earth because the TV show they were watching uh, was canceled. And they, they come back to Earth 20 years after it was canceled to try and get the producers to finish the series. Um, so they can take it home and show their people. And, and so I, I had this idea that he, that he had a certain number of episodes that were recorded that never got aired. And he gets set up in this lighthouse as a caretaker and discovers that there's an old radio room that was used by the Navy in the world, second world war. And it's still full of equipment and he finds that he can transmit with that equipment. He not realizing initially anyway, that it's been set up on purpose so that he could do this. Uh, also, there's a big, there's a big secret. One of the things that I, I, um, I'm actually, I grew up in a household that, that, that did a lot of uh, old time radio. Uh, my dad collected it he, in the eighties or sent away to various, uh, 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 jobs, basically places I would send you cassettes. So we had like stacks and stacks of cassettes of Jack Benny and, and shadow, has, shadow. Yeah. Probably has tons of radio of the radio spirits production, uh, releases, I'm sure. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, uh, I was just like, okay, I've I've overdosed on this stuff. I, <laughs> I I need I need a reason to do this. And in fact, there's a secret to every episode, and uh, it's an intellectual puzzle for me. Uh, I I really wasn't interested in doing this sort of thing unless there was some something some meaning to it. There was something behind it. And so, um, uh, because I know uh, uh, I want people to listen to it, I'm gonna spoil it for you. Uh, every episode. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm only going to spoil so much. This is a minor spoiler. Every every After Dark episode is a Bible story, and the uh, and um, it and it's important to the plot that every episode is a Bible story. But each one is a Bible story that that's that's being retold in the same way. So every time you hear one, listen to it and see if you can figure out which Bible story it is. Uh, some of them are easier to spot, uh, but they're all major ones. There's 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 none which are you know something obscure in revelations or whatever uh they're all majors and i never repeat characters so you're not going to have like like you're not going to have two abrahams you're not going to have two jesus ones um so uh please have a, have a listen uh to them based on on that uh as well uh the show itself is 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 saying a lot of things uh which aren't which are going to make more sense in, uh, in episode five episode five will spoil everything that'll provide uh, it'll it'll reveal all the secrets and there's still another season after that and trust me there's a big reason there's another se uh, uh, season after that uh but one of the big things that it's saying is that the show is a lot is about cycles it's about repeating the same mistakes over and over again and it's going to be introduced you know uh, uh fairly slowly and fairly um subtly but you'll get it 
you know, when you when 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 you get you get near the end, you'll 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 see um, um, episodes three and four. Um, this is not a huge spoiler, and episode three is available for people. Uh, has or, or actually, uh, no, it's uh, true in every episode. Every episode has a sequence happening in the fifties and a sequence happening today, and a lot of times there's similar things going on. It's uh, it, that's a lot of what the show is about and uh, has larger meanings about the Iraq war in general or the way that, 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 that Bush was going into it. That's a huge impetus for the show. I mean, that was the, that was, that was the, the, the thing that really inspired me to do it in the first place. Awesome. Well, uh, so yeah, so that, that, so anyway, so people can stay tuned to that. And that, I, as an aside here, um, there, you, you seem to have a talent at putting together some really nice websites, um, there are a couple that I want to direct people to. Um, the PM, if the people go to pmrp.org, they actually end up um, for a site that is mostly pitching your live shows, but you have a lot of great resources there on previous work you've done. Um, and people can, of course, go to themaskofanana.com, which I'm going to try to say with the right ends, the right places now. The Mask of I-N-A-N-N-A. Um, so Anana, one N, then two Ns. And, um, I, you know, I got to say a plug as well for your work, Neil. I had no idea that you did this site with uh, Nightfall. It, it, it's a spectacular series. So, uh, nightfall-25.com. I've got to point people there too. Um, the episodes are hard to, I did not realize that I, that I had done that website. I I've been to this website several times and used it as a resource. No idea that you did it. So oh, how about awesome. that? <clears throat> It's 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 uh, I'm actually planning to transition it to a WordPress blog so it could be updated by other people because it's not finished uh, and I and it's it's been languishing but I, uh, I I really feel guilty about that because I love the show so much yeah and and I'll say uh, as you said it's it's hard to find some of these episodes and just a wink wink nudge nudge to listeners if you uh, really want to hear it I can probably figure out a way for you to to hear. Um, nightfall it, it's meant it's meant to be shared <laughs> no that i will it is it is possible to hear recordings of all of the episodes i will say that and i will certainly say that a lot of the writers i have talked to have said that they really wouldn't care at this point about and if you understand the royalty and licensing situation in canada is different from the u.s but the the, the writers actually get the 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 scripts are back in their control after the first after like three years after the show aired, which is why we can perform them and the CBC doesn't have to get involved. But it's they if whenever the CBC wants to release or an air an episode, they have to pay everybody who was involved, um, which is absolutely fair in my mind. Uh, but it makes it hard to actually ever get them out there. But a lot of the writers are like. I wish they would release this show because you know this is something I wrote and I would love for people to be, be able to hear it and 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 yeah I encourage people to to listen to it to find it and listen to it and and pass the word on because CBC is now uh, has one radio drama left that they produce um, budget you know budget issues and so forth have have kept have basically taken all their really great shows off the air but uh, um, Nightfall is is still considered by the CBC the most the most famous radio show uh, the most popular radio show that they ever produced and if you want to hear how um, shows like Nightfall have warped the minds of uh, a new generation um, check out the mask of banana that's how about for that for wrapping it up <laughs> thanks a lot Fred I appreciate you putting it on for us we really appreciate it. our guys love the fact that our little audio drama is being played over the radio
Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, um, Alicia and uh, Neil. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's a great show. Uh, people, hope people check out the Mask of a Nana and uh, listen up and keep 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 tuning into those episodes as they come out. Be Take well, care, Fred. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. All right, and that was Alicia Gorenson and Neil Marsh. Thanks so much for your time, guys, um, and thank you for making such great audio. We really appreciate it. Over here, uh, the show that loves new audio. Um, so here we are. That was our 200th episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed uh, producing these each week for um, close to four years now. Um, we, of course, always do new fun stuff. Uh, we'll be going into our Christmas, ooh, our holiday programming before long. But before that, we'll get um, some more blood and guts for you. We'll have a little bit of a um, horror rehash before we get into the uh, warm and fuzzy months of the year. Um, meanwhile, um, we do want to put you in touch again with Scott Hickey. If you are a producer or are savvy with the producers in the 1995 2005, the early days of radio drama and radio drama podcasting, do contact Scott, Scott Hickey at Comcast.net, Scott Hickey at Comcast.net to tell your part of the story. Um, we also want your help um, in the Blueberry Podcasting Awards. Um, we've had a few nominations. Thank you, people. Um, but do keep tuned to them um, at the Radio Drama Revival website. You can click on the links to help uh, see if we can get uh, something for uh, culture and arts programming. I certainly think there are a few pods that really produce such quality. Uh, well, you know, and, and I don't say I produce great quality. I'm trying to help share the great quality out there and be a, a place where you can come to tune in to, to hear about all the different uh, radio drama programs out there. And I do hope that when you hear people that you like, you go on to their websites, you support them if you can. Um, and learn more. And we feature so much different material here. I know it's probably not all your taste, but I hope um, that over the course of these years, you have found something that you liked at some point in time and uh, want to learn more from those artists and help support those artists because none of us are getting rich doing this. <laughs> uh, even the even the BBC um, producers, it's um, a modest living at best, trust me. Uh, anyways, uh, with that, um, the end of the podcast, you can, uh, of course, catch up with our archives at RadioDramaRevival.com. You can follow us on Twitter nowadays, at RadioDrama. Search Facebook. We've got a page there, Radio Drama Revival, or iTunes. On your iTunes device, just search for Radio Drama Revival. That wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as labor love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.